Welcome to the Freedom Chaser Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, everybody, meet Dee Plusinski. She's a veteran real estate broker in the mountains of Southern Colorado. Um, Dee, thank you so much for joining us today. There's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about, but before the show, me and Dee were talking about the changing market a little bit, and she had a little bit of a different perspective than most of the people that I'm speaking with. So I'd love to just jump into that first, and we'll kind of see where this goes. So Dee, with the caveat, of course, that nobody can predict the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen. We're not going to hold you to this. No crystal balls. Um, but where do you think the market is going? And what do you think agents should be doing to pivot regardless of that direction? Okay. Well, first of all, my market, again, is a small town in the mountains of Colorado. And the majority of our home sales are second homes. So these are folks out of Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Oklahoma City, who are looking for a second home in the mountains. So our market's a little bit different. And typically we are protected a little bit for a year or two from a downturn. Um, we're slower to fall off and then slower to pick back up. Um, second homes are kind of the last thing people buy when the market picks back up. So we're a little bit slower to go into those and a little slower to come out of them. What we are seeing, um, however, right now is that our home sales, especially the more expensive homes, and for us, expensive would be over 700,000. Um, they're still selling very quickly. They go on the market, they have multiple offers, they're under contract in a week. And that's anywhere from 700,000 to 2 million. Um, we really don't have anything over 2 million in our market. We're still a very affordable mountain town, ski town. Um, the, th the homes under 700,000, especially under 500,000, more of our starter homes are having a lot of trouble. Those are the folks that are having to get loans that are dealing with the interest rates. Um, those are taking months and months to sell, primarily because our second home buyers are not looking for starter homes. They're looking for impressive mountain homes. So those, the starter homes under 500,000 are, are taking a lot longer to sell and only getting one or two offers and they're far below list price. Um, that's just kind of our market. And, and I, I follow a lot of Facebook groups and one of the things that's kind of been bugging me lately um, are people that are talking about the downturn and how agents can stay busy and how they can pay their bills and you know what is a second source of income I can take on to con continue working in real estate. And there's such a stigma out there about being employed in anything other than real estate. If you're not full-time, you're nothing. And, and I kind of want to address that because the, the, what's the estimate? Like 80% of licensed agents are going to fall out in the next couple of years, 75 to 80%. And yeah, something like that. And I believe uh, it's like 90% lose their license within three years. Yeah. Keep going. If what it takes is a, a job, a second job, a flexible job to keep you in that top 10 to 20% so that you can stick it out for the long term, I would much rather 
do that than be one of the ones that falls off. Um, and, and I'm not saying go out and get like a full-time job, but something like DoorDash or Uber Eats or grocery deliveries where you can log in, log on, clock in on your own terms when you don't have anything going on. Um, if that allows you to pay your bills and stay in the real estate game, then there should be no stigma attached to that at all. I would much rather work with a go-getter who's fighting to keep in the game than somebody who's sitting around twiddling their thumbs waiting for the phone to ring. That's just me. I'm with you. And as I mentioned before, it's like I, the entrepreneur's journey is it's a very personal journey for me. And I think really for anybody on it, but I think the longer you're on it, the more you realize um, how it's a self-discovery journey, almost more than anything else. The more you understand yourself and the way you act, the, the better you could build your business, essentially. And there's no right or wrong way. So, I mean, that's the reason why I love to talk about this with you in particular, because you're totally going the opposite direction as most people, as mm -hmm. you said. And the groups, everybody's just like, hey, if you're not full time, you're not doing it right. It's like, unfortunately, or fortunately, rather, I would say there's there is no right or wrong way. What's important is that you do it. And, and that you keep doing it. it. Yes. And you do it and you do it consistently. That's what's important. The yep. way you do it isn't nearly as important as the consistency and the fact that you are doing it. Yep. You're going to be so very more successful if you stick in it rather yep. than crash out because you can't pay your bills. Exactly. Yep. And that's why they say it's better to practice guitar like 10 minutes a day than it is to practice for two hours on Saturday or something, right? It's like that little bit of constant action. It's, yep. it's going to do far more for your body or, or whatever's going on with your and neurons, just right? just being out in the community. Let's say you do something like DoorDash. You're mm -hmm. going to be out there. You're going to see the for sale by owner signs. You're going to notice that people are moving. You're going to meet people. You're going to see people. If you're just sitting in an office where the phone's not ringing, you're not paying your bills, you're not meeting anybody, and you're just making yourself nervous. So get out there, do something. I like that. You just you just gave me more ideas. Like you could also write down any properties that look like they might need some repairs, and all of a sudden you're driving for dollars at the same you're time. You're driving around looking yeah, at Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You can write well, them off. Yes, optimize every second of your time. Absolutely brilliant. I agree with you. So. What a cool way to kick off the show. Like this is just a totally different direction than most people would take it. So I'm loving this. So I wanted, since you're specifically in a mountain town that is very VRBO and Airbnb heavy, very second home heavy, mm -hmm. um, I would love your perspective on that market just in general, if you're comfortable with that question. I can ask a more detailed question if you want. No, absolutely. Um so this is something that has been building and that's the first question I ask someone now when they're looking for either land or a home in our community. Is this something that you're looking to rent or will it just be your home? Because it's that important. Um, and probably 70% of the pe people say, oh, I want to rent it short term in order to supplement our income and, and offset the costs. And a year ago, we were in a position where that's fine. We just have certain communities, certain neighborhoods that don't allow it um, via the covenants. The covenants don't allow for short-term rentals. In the last couple months, however, the city itself has imposed all kinds of regulations. And now there are caps on certain neighborhoods and you can't go above 13%. And if you have more than this many houses, 
it's just become very, very complicated. And folks that have bought property, planning to rent it, now cannot. Um, and, and so they are very upset, and I get that. Um, but on the other hand, you have folks who are just trying to live in their home. They have new neighbors every week and, you know, maybe trash pickup day is on Friday and the renters check out and put their trash out on Tuesday and the bear comes by Tuesday night. Neighbors have to pick up the trash. Bear comes by Wednesday night. Neighbors have to pick up the trash. And this is constant and ongoing. So I understand why these folks don't want the short-term rentals in their neighborhood. Um, and I, I don't have a dog in this fight, so to speak. I don't have any short-term rentals, uh, but it has become a very hot issue in our tiny little town. Absolutely. I, I love the bear reference. It's <laughs> funny because, it's, it's you know, geography, <laughs> it's, it's not something I have to worry about. No. The only bears I have to worry about is the Chicago bears sucking all the time. Yeah. So... <laughs> um, but they Sorry do. They come by and they'll go down the street and hit every trash can and just tear everything mm -hmm. apart. So, but it makes sense. Like if if the people that are in the short term rentals don't understand when garbage day is supposed to be, how that mm -hmm. can become a big problem. Because yeah. guess what? The bears are scavengers, right? That's what they're there for. Um, <laughs> so, um, obviously, that's like an interesting political interest. Yeah. Difficulty, spot, our, right? another, another difficulty our small town is having is historically, most of our homes have been vacant a lot of the year. You know, they'll be very busy during the summer when the owners come in and spend a week or two or three. But now these homes are occupied year round with vacation rentals. Um, things like, again, trash service. We have two trash companies. And both of them have a waiting list. You can't get new trash service if you don't already have it. So our infrastructure is not really set up for this. Our little grocery store is struggling to, you know, stock things. Um, we, we've got new restaurants coming in, which is good. But our, our sewer, our, our city sewer is getting close to needing a full overhaul. Just because these homes have typically been vacant so much of the year, and now they are occupied. And it's great because it's bringing in sales taxes, but um, the city is struggling under under the weight of the infrastructure needs, the upgrades we need. Absolutely. What I think you've done a wonderful job here, just in the last couple of minutes in general, is being able to look at both sides of the equation and, and turn something that a lot of people think is black and white into something that is very clearly gray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, so I'm just saying like you, like really immaculately, <laughs> I would say, like most people pick a side and they're like, this is it, this sucks, or this is it, and it's wonderful. And it's like, you were just like, hey, this is good because of this, but it's possibly bad because of this. And I just I just wanted to say that was awesome because most people wouldn't be able to do that as articulately as you did. Um, let's pivot a little bit. So you had mentioned the 10,000 hour rule. Mm -hmm. specifically in, in your application. And for some reason, it just stuck out to me. And in regards with speaking with you, I, I could almost see that 
you're probably a big fan of this rule. So I would just like love to just say, like, what is your thought on the 10,000 hour rule? For those not listening, what is the 10,000 hour or not listening? For those not aware, what right. is the 10,000 hour rule? And um, let's just kind of dive into that topic for a little bit. Sure. Well, the 10,000 hour rule is a generalization that if you spend roughly 10,000 hours or 10 years uh, doing something, you can become an expert at anything. Um, and man, 10 years, 10,000 hours, that's a lot of time. But my one of my favorite sayings is that that time is going to pass anyway. So you need to be in it, you need to be working it, you need to be consistent. And at the end of that 10 years, you can either be an expert or you can have quit. I mean, you just, you've just got to stay in it. You got to keep your wheels churning um, and, and keep kicking up business wherever you can. Um, and if you stay in it, However, if that means you go out and get your second job or whatever, but you've got to stay in it, you've got to stay consistent, that 10 years is going to pass anyway, and you will be the expert in whatever you choose at the end of that time. Or, you know, if you, if you decide not to, you won't be. But, you know, 10 years from now is coming. So you can, you have to, you have a choice to make. But you have to be in it every day, keep grinding, um keep at it did that answer your question actually yeah it did wonderfully okay. um yeah the 10 years is gonna pass anyway so you might as well be intentional with that time right it's like because you're, i'm gonna be 45 eventually i better be an expert at something because <laughs> if right. i didn't that was a choice right because guess what that was ten thousand hours i didn't put intentionally towards building a skill set Right. So, so what's your 10 year plan? People think, you know, what, what are your 10 year goals? Oh, I, you know, I'm not going to think about that. And yeah, you need to, because you need to have your 10,000 hours set up because if you're spending a oh, hundred here and a hundred there, and you're just all over the place, 10 years comes and goes and you're, you're not an expert in anything. So pick something you're fascinated with and, and jump in. And, and stick with it. And for me, that's real estate. Oh, that's the beauty of real estate. It's one of those things that would never get old, right? No. There's just so many holes you could dive into. I mean, it's something that you could learn forever. And the beauty of knowledge in general, I think somebody much smarter than me has said this is, you know, the more you learn, the more you learn that you don't know anything. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, real estate is one of those topics that is a black hole. The deeper you get into it, the more you realize that there's more to this than anybody else thought. Yeah. And I'm absolutely a fan of education. And of course, we have our continuing education that we have to take. But I am always in a class of some sort. Last semester, last fall, I enrolled in accounting at our local junior college with a whole bunch of 20-year-olds. And that was, that was an experience. Um, but it's something that I've always kind of felt I was lacking in. So I took accounting 101 at the junior college. And... I learned a lot. Um, I've taken tax courses. I've taken, you know, SEO courses, just whatever happens to catch my interest at the time. And all of that kind of builds in a foundation that allows me to just, it's just a big 
pile of knowledge I can sit on. You know, I, I understand plumbing, electrical. I, I can go and dewinterize a house if I have to because the plumber's running late and the inspector's on his way. So it's just kind of fun to learn everything I can. I'm a huge fan of, of knowledge and education. I can tell. Um, I can tell you are not only just because of what you just said, but I mean, it almost radiates off the screen when you're talking about learning. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was awesome. Um, genuine compliment, I swear. Um, <laughs> ten, you mentioned you should have your 10,000, your next 10,000 hours set up. Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds like a very simple but complex question, right? Because 10,000 hours is a lot of time. It's like, when you say that, is real estate a goal that is specific enough or do you have to niche down into that goal or what are your thoughts there in general because i feel like it's like yeah i mean i would just love your thoughts well i always and, and this goes back to the whole thing about having a, a an income and a job when you're in real estate i am always you know what's my second thing what's my second thing and right now my first thing of course is real estate but but what's next what's in my next 10 years and um, I'm starting to look at things like being an author, speaking, um, talking about real estate, um, thing, things along those lines. And, and although I still want to stay in the real estate niche, um, I do want to expand on that and go into more of the consultation and speaking and writing so that I can build a passive income in case, you know, 10 years from now, I'm gonna be 56. Well, I wanna start building that passive income now. And so writing, speaking, working that direction. And I'm also working on long-term rentals in that direction. So, so I'm working 10,000 hours in two directions right now. So I'm always, what's your second thing? What are you working on? How are you improving yourself? Um, if you're sitting at a desk, doing 40 hours a week and you don't have something else, you're going to get stuck. And that's not a freedom lifestyle. You really need to be looking forward and anticipating your next 10 years. Because I don't want to be selling homes when I'm 75. So, so I, I need not. to figure, I need <laughs> to figure in my future. Yeah, I like the way you put that. Just always have another thing. And that could almost apply in any way, right? So say a Absolutely. new agent is, is, is learning rentals, right? It's yeah. like, okay, what, what's next? Yeah. Buyers, next. typically. Um, what, do right? I, yeah. what do I want to look like in 10 years? What do I want my yeah. world to look like? And that's, okay, I've got some rentals. I've got some books. I've got all of this stuff going on. And um, at that point I can decide, well, well, let's back off on sales or maybe I'm still enjoying sales, but I have options and I'm not stuck. If you just sit and do your 40 hours, you're going to get stuck. Absolutely. And, um, I'm a big fan of the phrase, if you're not growing, you're dying, yeah. right? So I mean, you either have the opportunity to keep getting better or you're getting worse. There's no neutrality in this world. Yes. It just doesn't work that way because everybody else is, or not everybody else, let's say the cream of the crop, they're getting better. So if they're getting better, you're getting worse, relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, beautiful. So, I mean, you just brought this up. So I'm going to open up that question. Like, where do you want to be in 10 years, Dee? Well, I, I hit on it a little bit. Um, my goal is to have 10 long-term rentals. Right now we have two. So in 10 years, 
we will add another eight. Um, and I have one book published, and so I'd like to have a few more. And those would range anything, anywhere from, you know, fiction to self-help to real estate. And passive income from all of those sources, I want a, a decent income from passive income, not just my own sales in 10 years. And, and so a passive income that equals my sales income so that maybe I can back off a little bit. If I don't want to, then great. But I want the ability to not have to chase every single lead for the rest of my life. So my goal is to use my skills to create passive income in the next 10 years. Well, that is such an important goal to have for anybody in the real estate agency field. Because unfortunately, if you never have intentional goals towards passive income... It's not going to come. It's not going to just show up on your doorstep. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. There are so many realtors that end up working their whole lives because they never thought of building up a retirement plan. And guess right. what? You're like a real estate expert. Like you could actually build up a retirement plan pretty quickly yeah. if you put your mind to it. Um, so I, I got to dive into this because you mentioned a couple things about um, a book that you had published, but you also seems like you are passionate about writing in general mm-hmm. because you're like you want to write more books and you threw out like three separate categories two of them are kind of linked but self-help fiction and real estate um so i'm guessing you're fairly artistic do you have a preference out of those three like if i could say d plusinski you will be famous in this niche which would it be i would almost hope for a like a real estate self-help combination. Like this is how you do it type of type of book. Um, the one I've published, well, actually two, um, are, are fiction, uh, more children's books, children's novels. Uh, but uh, I would really like to work into more of the knowledge-based stuff. Well, that's really cool. You just flipped the script totally on the head for me. I was expecting the total inverse answer. And then you're just like, I've actually published fiction already. Yeah. And you know what? That's really funny because most people, a lot of people struggle to do that. And you just kind of pass it up. Like, yeah, I've done this, whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that. So you have two children's books out. I do. Um, my first is called uh, Ms. Nala's New House. It's about a girl that moves to a new house and hates it. And, and it's more of a poem type early childhood picture book. Um, the second is called Seeking String. It's about a colony of rats that live in a house um, and and they're, they're well, they're, they have problems with their well because they're out of string and they don't have the bucket to pull it up. And that one's, that one's really cute. It's about 300 pages. You can find them both on Amazon and um, that's actually based on a true situation. My husband and I bought a house that was infested with pack rats. And if you're not familiar with the South, the, the Four Corners area, we have these critters, they're called pack rats, and they are fascinating. Um, but this house was just absolutely infested with them. And we had so many weird things we came across um, that we couldn't explain. For, for somebody, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt to you, but for somebody uninformed, like what is a pack rat? Because I'm just imagining a rat. <laughs> it's the cutest rat you've ever seen. I mean, they're fluffy and adorable and brilliant. And um, 
they will steal things that are shiny. Like if, if you leave out a, a ball of tinfoil, they'll take it. But they will also bring you back a, a shiny rock. They're, they're called trade rats. So they'll take something shiny and leave you something shiny. They're, they're fascinating. That's really cool. I heard crows do that. Like they do. They'll leave like a they'll leave like a shiny gift for somebody that they like. I just think it's so funny that like these animals are are able to, you know, make these types of connections, like giving yeah. gifts and stuff like that. That is so cool. I uh, like this. That I just love that. That totally went in the opposite direction than I was expecting it to. Because most people are aspiring to write fiction, and they end up writing the self help anyways because yeah. they want to get to the other goal. And you're totally going the other way. I love it. So, I mean, I can tell you right now, without doubt, just keep doing it and you'll get there. Like, I know there's a self-help real estate book within you already talking to you. There so, is. I just, just have to just, sit down and do it. And that's, that's where the 10,000 hours comes in. If I don't start just sitting down and putting in those hours one at a time, that 10 years is going to pass and I'll have nothing to show for it. Yeah. And that's that's what happens to a lot of people, you know, life flies by faster than most people realize. And, you know, the older you get, the it's all relative, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow, the last 10 years really felt like a blur. Yeah. I'm sure in 15 years, I'm like, the last 30 years really felt like a blur. Yeah. <laughs> so um, very interesting stuff. Um, there's another thing that you wrote that stood out to me that I wanted to bring up. Mm -hmm. um, you said you wanted to talk about how an agent can stand out in a sea of headshots and names, mm -hmm. which is so funny Like because realtor branding is so realtor branding, right? I mean, you're from a small mountain town. You might have seen the South Park episode where they make fun of realtors, yeah. and I thought it was hilarious because it was so spot on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you stand out? Because it is kind of like this recycled thing, but it's almost recycled because it works a little bit. So like, what are your thoughts there? I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I mean, it does work for some people, I would say. Yeah. Um, well, I mentioned it a little bit in our, um, in our emails and you can, there, there are a couple ways to get business. You can be better or you can be cheaper. And so many folks are so anxious to cut their commission to get a deal. And that just, I, I just don't think that's the right way to do this. And about five years ago, I was really struggling with converting seller leads. I would go on listing appointments and they would of course ask, what's your commission? And I would tell them. And I, I would do my presentation and a week later I would find they listed the house with someone else. And so I really asked this question, I can be cheaper or I can be better. And I really started to brainstorm how I can be better. And so I reinvested and reinvested and reinvested. I bought myself a Matterport camera. That was a $6,000 investment. I'm the only one in our area that runs Matterport scans. Nobody else does it. Um, I took the FAA licensing class, became a licensed drone pilot, bought a very expensive drone. I'm the only person in our area licensed to do drone photography. Um, I took classes on just like YouTube and marketing. And, and so I'll do a basic video walkthrough of a home. It doesn't have to be fancy. Um, but these virtual showings are great, especially in our town where, you know, people are shopping from their, for their second home from Dallas. And 
I can show so much more and my listings are so much better now that I win every single listing appointment I go on by leaps and bounds. I mean, that I just have so much more to offer. And I did that one little step at a time. Okay, I'm gonna do this and I perfected it. And now I'm gonna do this and I perfected it. And I, I have great photography, which is hard in a small town because we don't have any photographers. So I'm the only one in our area doing professional photography where everyone else is doing cell phones. Um, so, so I had to make that choice better or cheaper and I chose to get better. And um, it's made a huge difference. Oh, that's without question. I mean, better is, I mean, better versus cheaper. Better is just the one I'm going to pick every time. Um, what I love that you've done here is like, if you, you see it as like a seesaw or whatever, the mm -hmm. value proposition is like you versus your competition. Right. The, the more value you can provide that they can't, it makes it a much easier solution for the seller to go with you. It's right. like, well, this one's got the drone license and she's got this and she's got that. All of a sudden, it's not as much of a decision as... Right. The other things. And and I love how you mentioned like the cutting the commission thing. It's like when I stopped reducing commissions, you wouldn't believe how much easier my life got because mm -hmm. guess what? I just eliminated my worst clients. Um because <laughs> if you think about it, like anybody that's done a four percent listing, that's the guy that calls you three times a day. That's the guy that is going to give you the biggest headache, the person mm -hmm. that is going to be your biggest headache is the person that is negotiating for that. Yeah. So like I strongly encourage people to never reduce their condition. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> because if you do that, you're essentially lowering your value, right? Like that's the way I see it now. And it's like, no, if you ask me to lower my commission, I'll raise it on you now. Um, <laughs> because yeah. I'm giving you a deal. Um, and I want you to understand that. Yeah, yeah it is a um, deal because a lot of places, you know, and, and you can go to the city and find an agent who has all of these things, but they're add-ons, you know, they're going to charge you for the Matterport and they're going to charge you for the drone and they're going to charge you for the photography, maybe not the photography, but I include it all. It's, it's just in that commission and, um, not going to charge you extra. I do request a couple days to get it done, but you have my full attention for that time. And I will make sure your, your listing is spectacular. And it's, they just stand out so much more in that sea of other listings and that sea of other headshots. Oh yeah. She's the one that, that does that. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes just different is better mm -hmm. for the right person, right? Like that's something this branding guy told me. He's like, it doesn't matter what it is, but if it's different, that's better for somebody. Right. So just being a little bit different and being okay with that is actually a fantastic thing for marketing and branding in general. Um, D. We just kind of hit 2023. I guess it's not quite a fresh thing anymore. We're about 45 days in. So most people have already failed their New Year's resolutions. But like, what is your vision over the next 12 months? Like, what are your plans? What would you like to accomplish this year? That's been kind of a hard one for me because you always want to make your goals bigger and better than last year. Um, do better, be better. Um, but with the changing market, it's really hard. You know, I... I don't want to necessarily set a sales goal because we don't know what it's going to be like. I, I think we're still going to have a very strong market, but I, I'm hesitant to increase my goal from last year because, well, I just don't know. So 
I, I've almost made a goal to enjoy the year, have fun, um, just enjoy being in real estate, enjoy the fact that I can take time off when I want to, I can pay my bills. Um, this is my, my husband and I are now empty nesters. So we're going to travel some more and I don't want to set a monetary or, you know, number of transactions goals this year, 62 last year. That was tough. I mean, I, I, I spent a lot of time working um, and I don't have a transaction coordinator. It's just me. I start to finish. I do all the photography and everything. Um, 62 transactions 62 was a lot. is a lot of work. Yeah. If you're doing a matter per scan and a photography too, yep. that, that's and a lot of work. And the walkthroughs and, the, and mm. everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we don't use transaction coordinators and I, I do everything start to finish. So, but this year I, I just want to play. I want to have some fun. So that is I guess that's what we're cool. talking about, right? Freedom chasers. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Build a life that you can't or you don't have to retire from, somebody said. Build a life that you don't have to retire from. Just love that idea. Yep. Haven't done it yet, but I got plenty of time. <laughs> <You're> um, <laughs> yeah, precisely. Um, very cool. D. So if anybody were to get in touch with you, like what would be the best way for them to do so? Um, probably email, which um, mm -hmm. is D at Stephenscorealty.com. Um, we're located in South Fork, Colorado, which is near, if you've ever heard of Wolf Creek ski area, that's where we are. Um, the most ridiculous amounts of snow you've ever seen, the most snow in Colorado, that's, that's us. And it's snowing right now. Um, <laughs> you know, we're a mountain town that's still super affordable as far as ski towns go. Um, and we have Jeep trails and ATV trails and anything you can imagine in mountain we have it. Um, but you're not going to pay the prices that you get in other towns, which is really nice. So. Absolutely tremendous stuff. Um, Dee Plusinski, thank you so much for coming yeah, on the show, you. giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. Um, you're going to live the next 10 years anyways, so you might as well do so with intention, right? So pick what you want to be an expert at in the next 10 years and start taking steps towards that goal. Tell somebody you know that will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we will catch you on the next one. Mm -hmm.